Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DiVincentis, a.k.a. Figure Chick 9101, talking to you today about developing your champion mindset. Now, I want you to do something here. I want you to think back to the house where you grew up in. And whether or not you lived with your parents is irrelevant, but where did you spend the majority of your time? Okay, because we're going to tie in a little bit of nature versus nurture. Okay, and how that's going to influence your habit to forming champion mindset. Or perhaps you're taking like a U-turn and going the other way. Okay, and and here's what I'm going to tell you. Champion mindset is just like leadership. It's something that is learned and you can master it. Okay, so they go hand in hand. So back to the question here, the place where you grew up, I want you to be looking at whoever your guardians were, whether they were your parents, they were your grandparents, uh, maybe you were a ward of the state and you you were in foster homes, wherever it was that you spent your time. And I want you to also now look at I don't want to call it not your success record, but how you how you handle adversity and what your your mindset is. Is your mindset conquer or is your mindset <laughs> let's just get through this. All right, now I want you to look to the guardians of your house or the people who had custody of you, your parents or whomever that that the people who raised you were. Is it the same or is it different? Okay, so you just start drawing lines. Now I want to be clear about here, like when you're on my when you're on my coaching calls, these are not therapy. I'm not a licensed therapist or counselor. I'm not about to sit here and do couch time and have you dig up your childhood. I'm the coach that you come to when you're ready to take powerful moves forward. What I like to do is I like to what I call expose the source. Okay, and this is not saying that people are bad, you know, this, that, or the other. What I'm saying is that when you're ready to go to the next level, it's very helpful. This is what I have found helps, it helped me, but it's helped all of my clients, is that when you just pull back the curtain and you're you're like, everybody today is trying to like self-diagnose and you're looking up, you know, different things and you're seeing things on social media. And I, what I'm finding is that you get a really morphed view of yourself as to why you are. And then you get stuck in this spider web, like turning cyclone of you you just and then you're like rehashing the why I am and you're placing blame on the other people and meanwhile tick tock tick tock time is going by and you're not making any progress because you're stuck now in this cyclone of anger and resentment and any number of feelings which no longer serve you okay all things as you go throughout life. I want to make one clear distinction then we're going to we're going to power through this is that when things happen to you, okay? Maybe people die, you end up in a particular situation or circumstance. There is a big distinction between 
acknowledging your feelings okay they're there they're yours they're not up for discussion that's simply how you feel okay so that's part one but the other thing is when you're in coaching coaching is not feeling stuffing coaching is training you on how to step out of your feelings okay because a lot of times what's going to happen is one avenue for you to stay stuck is that your feelings get in the way and now you're up in your feels all damn day and you're you're having conversations inside of your head about what you should have said and you're having all this anger and then you're angry angry at god and da, 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 da. Like, i get that okay so coaching is training you on how to command your emotionality does that make sense now when you have things that happen to you let's say somebody dies okay there's a difference between being up in your feels and moving through the grieving process okay failure to move through the grieving process and there's phases to it all right there's like denial and then there's anger and then there's acceptance okay so there's there's phases that you move through okay so they're, they're two different things so what I'm saying to you is when you're up in that grieving process okay you have to allow yourself to travel through but at the same time the grieving process and this is gonna come across as really harsh but I'm your coach okay I'm here when you're ready to move forward maybe not even when you're ready when you're committed to moving forward okay there's prolonged dysfunctional grieving you get stuck in a grieving process that extends on for like periods of time okay and we'll hash that out on a different call I want to focus today on the champion mindset okay so what we've done so far all right we've exposed a potential source that perhaps you're not achieving the levels of success or you're not conquering your goals at all or to the to the level that you want to and you're here and you're like okay I'm ready to go okay so one of the things that you need to look at is your mindset as you're moving towards a goal and this can be anything this can be relationships this can be work and career professional this could be traveling any number of things whatever your goals and if you're finding like you're always falling short champions never fall short they still hit super high even when they don't completely hit the target that they set like but the target never gets lowered the tar the target doesn't go down the champion simply comes back the next time and that only hits the target far supersedes it does that make oh, that that's whoa like okay so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna unpack this a little bit and I want to help you just clip that one little cord that's keeping you stuck from realizing what is your potential or realizing that magnitude of the goal that you're out to actually achieve and yes I do 100% include your relationships in this not because relationships are like divide and conquer but because for you to have that ultimate relationship and this can be your romantic relationship this could be friendships and this also applies to having professional relationships 
business partnerships that are super high level, that are clean, where you don't have to worry about people stealing from your company. You can have open communication to move the vision and the whole entire business in the forward direction or whatever it is that you're working on with this business partner. Maybe it's a non-for-profit or something like that too. Does that make sense? Okay, so when we're looking at this, this could be a tangible goal that you're trying to hit or becoming the person who is qualified to actually have that relationship. Being the partner of the person that you're seeking to attract into your life. Okay, so it, it actually requires for you to do a great deal. I'm not going to call it soul searching. I call it triaging your position. Like honestly, legit. If you're expecting to have, let's talk about relationships for a quick second here, that devoted, intimate relationship that is safe, it's safe for you to be expressive, that person gives to you and loves you in the way, in your primary love language. All right, go read Gary Chapman's book, The, 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 love, the Five Love Languages. That's going to teach you a lot about yourself and about the people around you. Okay? When you're in the relationship, you want to have somebody who infuses you. However, for you to have that... You also have to become that person. You have to be the match to that person. If one person is a, is a giver, and I'm not talking about codependency, I'm meaning honestly, like we're looking for the best interest of the other individual. And all you do is just lay down and just, you know, serve me. The, you, like it's a broken spoke in the wheel. It's not going to work. I think especially now today, people are very, very, very keen to that whole, this person is just dragging along here and is letting me carry the flow. And how, how do we see that? Look to some of the angry women in the world. And I know it happens on the men's side too. I just, I have more exposure to some of those underlying angers and resentments and, you know, like not anti-man but anti-lazy man things which are out there in full force like everywhere you look and I'm sure it exists on the man front too what I'm saying is that for you to move next level you have to you have to be aware of your own junk all right you got to clean your own junk out and that still requires you to have that champion mindset because anything less, you're going to, you're still just going to do the same things that you've always done. All right, I'm going to go back into the dating circle. I've not done anything to clean up my skeletons from the past. I've not done anything to develop myself as a person. And I'm going to put myself back out on the dating, on the dating scene. And I'm going to expect a different, a different outcome. But I still have these, you know, kind of like, poor views about men or about women and I you know it's probably not going to turn out really well and relationships suck anyway and you and you can see even from the get how do you think you're going to have that pristine relationship when you're walking in that mindset and you've not done anything 
to increase your vibrational frequency, which we talked about on the last podcast is talking about um, walk in your purpose and become comfortable in your skin. We talk a lot about increasing your vibrational frequency so that you can get on the level of the person or the people that you're trying to attract into your life. And that's just on the relational aspect. Same thing applies when it comes to your income generation. Same thing applies to professional development in any sphere. But the champion mindset, okay, says, you know what, here we are, right? It's just like, it's just like Monday after a football game. If you're not into football, then what you should know is that after a game, after a Sunday game, what does everybody do? They actually, they watch film, they talk about the places where they made mistakes and how we can actually improve. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between, I think, what happens on the football field and what happens in life. That, I, and I don't know how men feel about this, but if it were me, and I'm on the field, and I'm a pretty strong woman, but I'm on the field against these guys who are trying to actively <laughs> tackle me, <laughs> and I'm trying to run all the way down the field in order to score a goal, and you're like jumping, and you're pivoting, and you're turning, and, and you're trying to go faster, and then you're like dropping your shoulder to get on, like you're trying to do all these things <laughs> in the mud, in, and it, gosh, if you're in Chicago playing football, like it snows out here, and the winds, and you know, then you got the fans who, if you screw up, they still yell at you, even though you're the home team, I mean, it's just like brutal, but that's how life is. <laughs> the champion is not deterred by that. The champion says, okay, we've got all this stuff, okay? We are going to conquer this. We're going to overcome this. And we're going to do it in a way where we are consistent in our training. And we are going to, whatever it takes, whether this is, you know, the, the defensive teams and they get together with the defensive coordinator and they're now they're going through plays and it's just the defense over there and then the quarterback is doing his thing and then you've got the the kicker who's doing his thing and everybody's doing their unique part and they're training consistently okay so I, I don't know if they ever have lazy days in sports where they don't feel like being there I have no idea but what I'm saying even so they still show up and they still set high targets for themselves. If we had a kicker or if we had a batter from baseball, the goal is not, well, you know what, if I can just kind of, you know, kick the ball through the goalpost, yeah, you know what, if I get one out of two, if I'm 50%, then you know what, that's okay. Could you imagine? Could any of you from Chicago, could you imagine that? I think the fans would start throwing things onto the field. I mean, we're brutal in this town. I'm telling you. At least you always know where you sit with us. <laughs> right? It's comical when you say that, but it's the same thing with your life. Champion mindset is consistently hitting high. You are going for... I'm just going to say you set a perfect target and you're trying to hit it and you will work until the work is finished. 
not until you get tired, not until, oh gosh, I'd rather do something else, not until whatever. You work until it's finished and you keep on practicing and it becomes like this crazy obsession. It, that's how that's how success happens is it, it becomes I, I have to hit this target but that's the only way you're going to do it now here's the difference between champions and people who are still early on in their training a champion is actually very cool and calm it's very 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 level-headed in their execution of their craft Whereas people who have not yet mastered that skill are very frantic and they're trying to hit high and they come out the other end and they're exhausted and they've really, they've not made any progress because they expend so much energy on that emotionality component of trying to be intense and they just end up fatiguing out. So again, triage your position. Where are you when it comes to pursuance of your goals? And I, I honestly think everything is, is goal-based. So you could even apply this to conflict resolution. Do you get caught up in your feels? Or are you champion mindset? You have, you know the outcome that you seek. Whether it's peace, whether it's effective communication, it's collaboration, and doing what's in the best interest of the other people, but you have to have a workable body in the, in, in, in the group or in the team or, or whomever, right? And you don't, you don't have that luxury of losing your shit because somebody has to be the leader. Like champions are leaders, they're out there. And when people are not doing what they need to do to support the mission. <laughs> I'm thinking of Michael Jordan. <laughs> if you've ever read any things about Michael Jordan or specifically that book by Tim Grover, Relentless, you learn some insights about Michael. He's always really calm and cool out on the, on the floor, but if his teammates didn't rise to the occasion, or tried to cut corners, he called them out on it. Not on the floor, in the locker room or whatever. Like, he went face-to-face, toe-to-toe. And if he was in the wrong, he actually, he owned that too. I think it was Steve Kerr that he had a, a, a little <laughs> interaction <laughs> with. <laughs> but Steve, was it Steve Kerr? Gosh, don't quote me on that one. And Steve just stood his ground and they actually had a wonderful respect for one another after that. But so is the same when you're moving towards any goal. Like you've got to be so committed to your end destination, to the end goal that you wake up earlier, you stay up later, you do whatever it takes until the work is finished. Oh my God, that's hard. You know what? It probably is hard. But it becomes a habit. And that's champion mindset. Like there is no other way. Winning is the only way. 
The problem or the challenge that I can tell you is when you're trying to be in relationship with an individual who has that sort of mindset. Okay? I've I am that mindset. And I totally credit my dad with that mindset. So I think all the podcasts for the majority of, of them up to this point, I've spoken about my the household that I grew up in. Okay, so my parents divorced when I was very, very young, when I was two, and I lived in the household with my mom and my stepdad, and then I saw my dad every single weekend, and he did everything he was supposed to do, and child support, and we spent time together, and his leadership style and his mindset markedly different from the household that I grew up in. Household that I grew up in, entrepreneurial mindset. And we had, you know, we had, my stepdad had cancer. So that threw a major wrench in a lot of things. There was just, there was a lot happening in that household. And we were literally working to survive. Like finances were a big thing with us. We never, ever, ever got ahead. And I think a large part of it was we didn't have the right education when it come, when it came to money. But I mean, it was like full-fledged full contact sport of trying to have food on the table like it was like that okay and we worked our asses off all the time 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 I think my brother Carl and I both started working when we were about eight years old and that's how that's how I think we were groomed into the work ethic over there now my dad on the other side my dad's in sales So while not 100% entrepreneurial, he's commissioned salesman. So he still had to go out and hit his numbers. Otherwise, he wasn't going to have a job. He would have to somehow make his own anything. So he would hustle. And this was, okay, let's date ourselves. So this was like before the internet, <laughs> before all kinds of different things. My dad works in the moving industry. He's the, he's the salesman that comes out to your house to give you an estimate on what it's going to cost to move, you know, the contents of your, of your home or your office. And so he started very early developing his team. He partnered up with realtors to get leads that way and he would come in and he would actually have some of the realtors leads about houses that were going to be going on the market and houses that weren't completely listed yet he's a hustler in order to 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 produce income for his family including me now my dad is not the let me advertise everything that I'm doing my dad is my experience with him is I work in silence and I'm doing this and well I I'm gonna be the best like there's that's there's no emotion to it like that's just what it is okay very successful um, wrestler when he was in high school and he just made a decision that when he was growing up my grandpa worked I think he said like four jobs or something like that my dad came from a really big family there's a lot of brothers and sisters but my grandpa was always working at all these different jobs and so my dad decided that 
he wanted to do a couple different things. He wanted to have a higher level of income and he only wanted to have one job. So that's what he did. And he became a master of his craft. And now he's actually one of the top salesmen in the entire country and has been so for I, at least 20 years, at least longer than that. And the number one salesman in his entire company for a number of years as well. And people always try to get him to change his methods, to get him to kind of, you know, do things. This is how we do things today. And my dad is just like, you know, what? no, <laughs> just leave me alone. Okay. And then as soon as like the new little managers, and I say little because they're younger than him, the new little managers come over and they're trying to get him to go and do his estimates on a tablet. He's like, no, this is slowing me down. <laughs> very, very clear. No, I'm not doing that. And so <laughs> he'll go, he will, he'll take the initiative. He'll go sit with the top guys. And you know, when you're in that position where you're the number one guy, you carry a lot of leverage with you. Like, look, I'm producing this tablet. It's not helping my levels of production. Okay. Like sales cures all. Like if you're bringing in the money and you're keeping the company alive, like why, why, why should I stop what I'm doing to learn a different way that has, you know, bugs in the system and it doesn't work. And then I'm waiting for the wife. No, I'm not doing it. It's just literally like that. And it's very, very like even keeled, which is what you have to have in order to thrive in sales. He works, he works, <laughs> he started his career, it's so funny, in a largely Jewish neighborhood on the north side of Chicago. <laughs> and if you know people who come from that culture, like they're pretty direct in their communications. <laughs> so he's always telling me crazy stories about some of the things that, you know, the housewives will say, or, you know, he's been in professional sports players homes you know different people who played for the bears and stuff like this and <laughs> and he'll tell me about all different kinds of things that people with different personalities say and do and you know he he's in this in the business of helping other people get what they want which is to move their things and so you know he's excellent at negotiation he's excellent at um bringing down the intensity of a conversation, he's a master at it. He's very, very, like you don't always get full expression from him because he's in business mode. He's one of the funniest people you will ever meet in your entire life, the stuff that he, he's like, it's, he's hilarious. But what I'm saying is that he has in the back of his mind, it's just a given and he doesn't even need to think about it. We're out here and well, I'm going to win. Like that's literally just how it is. And therefore every single day waking up early, he's totally where I had my beginnings of fitness. He's always been very fit. He, you know, ran marathons. It's like crazy. He was training in a blizzard one time and a cop pulled him over because he thought that he was crazy. <laughs> like literally training for this marathon in a blizzard. Like that's that's the level I'm laughing because I'm thinking about, all right, you pull back the curtain. Where do you, where do you, how, why are you the way that you are? Okay. I know hundred percent. I got my fight from my mom. I got my, my calm temperament from both my stepdad and my dad. 
I have my extended patience of talking people down from my dad, but I also have my curtailment of bullshit. Like once you cross the line, like my patient, no, you stop. We're finished here. I got that from my stepdad, 100%. So I, I know that I, I pulled like the best qualities from them. Not that I'm the best person, but I pulled those best qualities. And now you can see like, this is why I am how I am. I've been surrounded this is just an aside. It's like a revelation. You know, I've been surrounded by champions in their own right. But in order to go to the higher level, and I want to I want to be clear about how I'm saying this. Like nobody in the household that I grew up in had ever gone to school beyond high school. And they never even flourished in high school. Like I, that was not the modes. Everybody was entrepreneurial. Education wasn't wasn't that like nobody did it. It was like first generation immigrants who came in, like so that nobody had done that. I was the first one. So I had that balance from my dad and you just, you know, lock and load yourself into a funnel and like you go forward. But with my dad, my dad was not survival mode. And granted, there wasn't cancer illness in my dad's household. One of my brothers had some health issues that I would... I would call bursts. He had one big, big episode that was really scary. And after that, he had like bursts of illnesses and and allergies and stuff like that. But it was like, he was able to to recover and play sports. And he's a super like ridiculously high level producer too, my brother Frankie. And that's, that's that chance. Like you, you go and you, you work until the work is finished. And as a high-level producer, it's very, very hard to, to stop that, to shut that flow off because you've generated so much momentum and you're in your groove. And it's very, very difficult. I see very a lot of similarities between the three of us, me, my brother Frankie, and my dad, that you're not going to stop our, our forward progress and our momentum. We're going to. And like... The three of us are the oldest. I'm the oldest, but Frankie was the oldest in his household, and then my dad was the oldest of all his siblings. We all, all three of us, take on a large personal responsibility for the other people in our family, whether that's in form of income production and you're taking care of people. And me, I, I never was in that spot yet, Mine was literal taking care of people. So, I mean, a large response, like level of responsibility and the large ability to handle extreme pressure with remembrance that you're a person amongst all that stuff. You know, so as you're moving through this stuff, track through and, and start to make peace and see like, where did I get my great qualities from? You know, what are the things, this is what's going to help you. Are you ready? What are the things that completely aggravate the shit out of me about other people? Because the things that strike a chord within you, ooh, you better sit down for this one. Usually those things are the things that you have not reconciled with within inside your own heart. 
And that's the spot. That's the spot that you have to start doing what we call heart work. So there's champion mindset and then there's heart work, course correction, permanent change. And that one, that's that's like, whoa, like it's not even a low blow. That's a major exposure of a source where you're not in alignment and you're not going to be able to go next level because you still have that thing tethering and weighing your heart and your resentment and your anger down. And it's not going to allow you to rise up to your full potential, whether this is in relationships, whether this is in terms of your career, whatever that end goal, the end destination is. I know. These past couple podcasts, man, just like dropping the bombs. But that's <laughs> that's how we get the work done. So when you're looking to develop the champion mindset and then optimally or ultimately champion your goals, it's never done at low level. It's never done as bare minimum. It's never done as I'm just going to, you know, anchor myself in here and let the tide carry me. Champion mindset and championing your goals runs with the background story that you're winning. Okay? Not not in competition. Like I I'm I'm going to be winning. I'm winning. Period. So that that is what keeps you going. You're not, you're not hinging your motivation, hinging your engagement, hinging the level of effort and intensity that you put forth on your project based on other people. This is why I say that leadership is self-governance, because when you get out there, there's not going to be people who are going to come alongside you and and support you. And they're not going to save you and they're not going to rescue you. You have to be the one as you're walking your path, whatever this is, you're the leader of your household, you're in a partnership, you, you have to have your shit together and you have to be committed to doing what it is that you said that you are going to do. This applies to marriage. This applies to your position within an organization. This applies to commitments that you make in your prayers. This is how I'm going to live my life. It it applies to every single thing. And you can't hinge your motivation or your ability or wantingness or willingness to follow through based on whether or not somebody is checking up on you or checking in on you. It's accountability. Does that make sense? But when you embrace and you have that champion mindset, it becomes part of your DNA. And it's rusty in the beginning. If if it's not naturally inbred in you, like you weren't born that way, as some people are, You know, just look at look at your environment. Okay, you know what? Nobody in my family has ever thought like this before. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. But in order to get a different outcome, you're going to have to do something differently. 
and do it that way consistently every single day, all the time, even when you don't feel like it. And for that, you have to become somebody different. You have to become a champion. I'm going to bring up another coaching concept here, and it's the concept of what we call be, do, have. Okay, so let's say you, you have a goal, whatever it is. I want to have $20,000 a month net in income. Okay, we'll use concrete like numbers here. It's easier to wrap your mind around. All right, great. You want to earn, you want to bring home 20 grand a month in income. Okay, that's going to allow you, you know, enough for household expenditures. It's going to allow you for um, tithing. It's going to allow you to um, leverage your money and use it so that you can invest it. Okay, you're working with it. All right, great. So now what? Well, in order for me to have that, I have to become that person who actually makes the decisions as though I'm the person who has that already. Most people have how they word their goals incorrectly. They'll say, once I have 20 grand a month, then I will be successful. And that's incorrect. You have to become that person who then does the actions so that you can have your end outcome. It's be, do, have, not have, do, be. Be, do, have. And that's why when you look at goal attainment, yes, there's targets, yes, there's goals, and there's attainment of them, but it's the person that you become along the way. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, and for that, you can draw on your own DNA and you can draw on your environment. But when you're looking again to go next level, and perhaps, you know, you want to be clear on the level it is that you're expecting of yourself and the level of goal that you're setting. If you're setting bare minimum just enough to get by, champion mindset, does, that's like anti. It's like having two opposing sides of a magnet. It repels. Champion mindset, champions do not set low-level goals in anything that they do. It's always super, super high. And they consistently hit high, 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 and shave off extraneous things that are distractors until they reach that goal. And then even once they hit the goal, they don't, they don't have like long periods of celebratory action and downtime. They've already recalibrated their brain to go higher again. That's simply how it is. Now, we'll have a different podcast in the future on relationships with individuals who are of champion mindset outside of, no, I'm going to leave it at that. because it has career application, it also has interrelational application as well. We'll talk about that at a different time. Hoo-wee! All right, so triage your position. All right, triage the clarity of your goals. What is it that you are honestly seeking to achieve? 
You have to have clearly defined goals, not I want more money. You have to be very clear on the target that you're setting. More money means if I pass a penny to you across the table, you technically have more money, but that's not what you meant. So clear. Secondly, you want to have goals that are not only clear, but they're high. You're not going to be inspired by setting low level goals, survival level goals. It's the goals that force you to stretch. That's what keeps you in the game. Every single one of us, every person is designed for improvement and development. That's in your DNA. Starting from the moment of conception, what happens with two cells? They come together and now we have growth and development of a little tiny organism from the second of conception. That's growth and development. And then you bring into that the baby's born and now we have, we have actual developmental milestones. That's growth and development. And that can continue on throughout this entire span of life as long as you keep yourself in the game and you demand that of yourself. So that instead of you're reaching a certain age and now you're just like dwindling off into whatever retirement mode or hanging around a bunch of people who have no more, no more goals or it's almost kind of selfish. Like they, they no longer contributory towards society anymore. You know, the age is irrelevant. As long as you keep your health together, as long as you keep your mind together, as long as you keep your spirit together, you have unlimited capacity. It's simply that you don't know people who are growing and developing and challenging themselves beyond a certain age marker. And for that, you want to pull back the curtain. Okay, who am I around all the time? You can change your work ethic by immersing yourself in a culture of people and allowing yourself to do the hard work to embrace that and have champion mindset. Likewise, you can latch on to a group of people who are just kind of like floating downstream expecting the group to pull them or the, the tides to pull them and they, they just kind of go. It's up to you. Leadership always starts with yourself. And I want to make one final point before we close out for the day. Leadership from the middle is different than your having command or control of a particular program or group or whatever. That's the frustrating thing is when you are not either the person who's in charge of a project, <laughs> that's probably what it is, or you don't have that level of influence to change and redirect an entire group or organization. That if you're carrying with you a lot of people who have cement shoes on, it's like trying to pull a donkey up a mountain. It's not going to work. They're not going to go. So you can twist and you can try to make things and word things in a better way. But ultimately, if you're getting that much pullback, you always have to triage your position first and then recognize that there's somebody on the other end who's resisting. And you will 100% exhaust yourself if you keep yourself in environments with people who refuse to grow. If you're a grower, I'm telling you, I've lived it and it is just, you eventually just like, you can see why people just throw their hands up and just say, you know what? I've had enough of this. 
let the system carry us, let this is, they're never going to change, and you lose your fire. But here's, here's the encouragement, and then we're closing out for the day. When a flower doesn't bloom, you change the environment, not the flower. So it's awesome to have you on this podcast this morning. Again, this is Nicole DeVincentis, and this has been the Transformation Gold podcast. You can find us up here on Anchor. Please invite your friends on. We're also available on Google Play, Google Music, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify. You can ask Alexa to find us. But if there's anything that we can do for you, your team, your organization, we do coaching worldwide via Skype, via telephone, via webinar. We also travel via planes, trains, and automobiles. Please invite us out. You can contact me directly on the website at transformationgold.org. And either myself or somebody from my team will respond to you within 24 hours. Make it a great day. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Bye-bye.